Episode 3, Marriage with Figaro. 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 Hi, Helen. Hi, Paula. Um, so, uh, welcome to um, Old Fashioned Breakdown. Uh, this is our third one. Um, not counting the intros. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we were, we're just here to talk about Marriage with Figaro. And, literally, I've been sitting here with Helen for ages now, trying to set everything up. And I've just been burning to ask her what she thought of the episode because I haven't done yet. So what did you think? Well, I think in this episode, Don Draper reaches peak asshole. Um, <laughs> okay. He, I, I, I don't know, like I watched it. I don't feel like it's, it didn't feel like a monumental episode to me. Yeah, I kind of agree. I have to be honest. Yeah. Um, like it was watchable, but it was, I don't know. There was nothing in there that really blew me away. Right. Okay. This is interesting because I think a similar thing. It's your favorite episode ever? No, I don't think it's our favorite episode ever. I do think it's a lot better than you'd imagine when you first see it. I think there's way so much going on in it. It's like really, really cool. Yeah, I can see there's a lot going on in it, but do I really care? Exactly. All right. Well, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah, Um, we will. We sure will. I should probably do a breakdown and sort of talk about what it's about, right? Okay. So, uh... In short, Pete returns home from his honeymoon. Don uh, hears pitches for decor laxatives and tries to correct a mistake the officers made with Menkins. And later on at the Drapers, uh, they throw a party for their daughter's uh, Sally. And that's what happens in the episode. Uh, Doesn't seem like much, does it really? Not really, no. No. Um, But underneath all that, so much is going on. So let's talk about it. All right. Where should we start, Fola? I don't know. So what did you think it was about, the episode? Well, do you know what? I think yeah. you know, and, and, you know, we've kind of just discussed this sort of off podcast. Yeah. But I think everything that happens in this episode is sort of summed up in the first, like, scene, basically. Oh, okay, okay. Because this is where we learn, and I totally forgotten this, yeah. that Don Draper isn't Don Draper. <laughs> he is... Dick Whitman? Well, well, hang on a second. Spoilers for those people that don't know this. Well, if they're listening to this podcast before they've watched it, then that's <laughs> well, their own fault. Well, well, to be fair, we they never really say in the show if he is Dick Whitman. That guy just calls him Dick Whitman. Well, he doesn't say he's not. Like, is, that, I'm true. sorry, but if someone comes up to you and is like, oh, you're this person, then you're not that person. You go, wait, I'm not that person. All right, all right, you're right, you're right. Totally right, you're totally right. Um, okay, and what, so you think this episode is about Don not being Dick, not being Don Draper? Yeah, so let's talk, I, I want to go dive straight in and talk about that first scene. Okay, okay, okay you do that, because I... I'm going to dive in. All right, I'm going to go first. I'm going to be brave. Yeah, you, you go. So... Man comes up to Don on the train and is like, oh my gosh, Dick, I haven't seen you since whenever, when we were in the war together. Um, And basically, it transpired that at this point, Don Draper has a different name. Like, I actually don't really remember where it's going, but I feel like that that he's had some sort of um, name transplant at some point. True. But the thing that I feel like doesn't give away the plot of the episode isn't that mm. it's actually the advert which becomes oh, okay. such an echoing thing throughout it so i actually did a little bit of research on the <laughs> all right okay interesting so the advert is um probably one of the most iconic adverts of all time yes. it was supposedly one of the ones that changed the face of advertising mm-hmm. um and it was uh, an advert for vw cars by uh, bill 
burn back. I'm burn sorry. Back. Yeah, burn they, they back. say it in the, in the show. Yeah. They do, yeah, they do reference it. So I'm sorry if I still got that wrong, but despite them saying it. Um, and the and the advert that they actually choose, which I was a little surprised about, is is the one where they have lemon, right? And I was like, and I'm not that bright, so I was like, why is this such a great advert? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, and it, it was based on a saying, which is, um, we pluck the lemons, so you get the plums. Did you know that? I didn't know that actually. No. Um, and the advert is actually about uh, in the copy underneath, which you can't read on screen. I did go up right up to my TV, which is a normal sized TV, not enormous, <laughs> and try and read the copy. Uh, and it says it underneath the advert. It basically says um, that there's like a smudge on the on the spoiler or something of this yeah. car, and uh, therefore it's a lemon, and they wouldn't sell it. Right, so okay. they're basically saying they'll only sell the best products, right? right? Okay, okay. But this advert went out after the very first sort of VW advert that that Bill, old Bill, came up with, um, which was one where the car was like really small in mm. the advert, and they and, yep. and what was the? It was. You know what is it? Yeah. Think small. Think small, right? <laughs> and that came from a saying. Which is, we got so big because we thought small. Right. Yeah. Like, which is really, really clever. But I think what it's saying is about perception. Yeah. And it's about having one thing. And, and the whole episode to me is about everyone trying to be one thing, yeah. but actually being another. Okay. Like, that's what I kind of got from oh, that. Okay, okay. And I did do a little bit of, like, Googling. Like, I'm going <laughs> to say at least 10 minutes. I have a very short attention span. Um. But I really feel like that advert is such a, a huge part of this episode. It is a massive part, yeah. And it, you know, it, it's just, I really like that. And I really like that it gave me a little bit of a random history lesson as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, that scene I thought was quite important, but not for the reasons that I expected. Right, okay. okay. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. Uh, yes! I think, I, think that, uh, I think that advert is really, really important. Um, but I think, for me, what the, the reason that advert's important is because that was basically the turning point in the collectiveness of America at the time. That was kind of like before that, before the before that advert, all the adverts were kind of very aspirational. They were all about a, a uniform understanding of aspiration and like everything had to be like a certain way and everything had to be, and this this advert was basically about telling you you could be yourself and that was enough. You could be quirky, you could be interesting. And that's not what it was saying. You don't think that's what it was no, saying? I don't think that's what it was saying. Why? Well, okay, good. I think that it's like, it's more about breaking convention. Yeah. So, so when they were trying to sell these cars, again, a little bit of Googling, so apologies if this is wrong. All right. But they were up, really up against it because VW is a German mate. This is post-war. Yeah. Hitler had a VW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, that's a hard sell to yeah. Americans, yeah. you know, of all people. Um, so how do you take something that's manufactured in Germany, mm-hmm. not the US of A, that's small, not big, like Americans were very much bigger is better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And how do you sell that? And I think how they sold it was they weren't saying this is an alternative way of thinking. Mm. They were just sort of like, asking the question like, like almost just making a statement of like well some people like it big some people like it small okay <laughs> don't know that that came out a bit strange i like it all sizes just so you know. <laughs> okay all right but let's <laughs> let's just say um let's just say that they did um let's just say 
So you've got this. Let's let's look at the 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 landscape of the time. I don't know it perfectly myself, obviously, but um, around that time you had these kind of very sort of straight laced ways of selling products. Like you had this way of like you had the, the uniform family. You had a very like you know everything was American. Everything had to be so like. And then this advert comes out, and they have to sell it in a way, but they can't sell it as this American sort of ideal. They mm. have to push it some other way. So you're right that in that particular advert, the idea was you can have anything you want, your size or whatever. But that again, that's the individuality thing, right? Yes. And then also, as time went on, they kept making these adverts. So that lemon one was another advert, which was kind of like completely, you know, it's like a random thing that made no sense. And that's why Don's kind of like a bit freaked out by it. But what's really interesting is... Um, Oh, what does Don say? Don says something, something interesting about how he doesn't want, that's it, he doesn't want to fall asleep um, because he, 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 what's he saying? I had it written down somewhere. Um, he says, yeah, he says anything safe and reliable will make him doze off. Um, unlike this advert, which is kind of exciting and interesting and different, right? And also, I haven't actually got to my point of what I think this, <laughs> this, this right. episode is about. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Okay. So, I, okay, so the big whoop about this episode is called uh, The Marriage of Figaro, right? Right. Do you know anything about The Marriage of Figaro? So, right, I knew this was going to happen because <laughs> last week I got told off so much because I didn't know what the episode was called. So, I, I purposely made sure I knew what the episode was called. Okay. And then it's like some opera, isn't it? Or it something. is an opera, yeah. And it's actually, fun fact, playing in the party scene. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. See, yeah. I did my music. You did. Well done. So, um, Marriage of Figaro. I don't know that much about it. It's really convoluted. It's like, it's just about this family and like, and it's about all these people trying to fuck each other and just kind of like, <laughs> loads of things going on. It's I mean, like it's a, a massive soap opera. It's basically this show. It's right? an opera, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but what's really cool about it is, what I really like about it is, it's a comedy. Mm. And what it, and to me, what it's saying is that this show, in some way, Maybe it's Don, maybe it's a show, I don't know. But um, somebody is saying that marriage is basically a comedy. Marriage is a joke. Oh, I love it. And that's essentially what we're going to find out for the rest of the hour in this show. All right, let's do it. So, right. so obviously it opens with this weird scene where Don meets this random guy, and we've talked about that. And he's reading this, page, he's reading this magazine, and he sees this great advert. So that's fine, that's out of the way. Um, next, next thing we go on to is Pete returning to work in an elevator. Pete coming back from honeymoon. Oh, we missed him so much. <laughs> so what do you think of this? Um, I mean, so, so here's the thing with this scene. The big thing that I got from this scene is I did not get the Chinaman joke at all. Did you I, was like, I was like, why is that funny? I don't know why it's funny. So either. I tried to look it up and it doesn't seem like anyone else knows why it's funny. <laughs> like apparently on Reddit, someone was like, oh, it's just funny because it's random. And I'm just like, oh, okay. We're yeah. chill. But basically the point that you get across is that it's, it's, it's children. But I think that the important, that's not really the important part of the scene. The important part of the scene is obviously him coming back from honeymoon and he, he feels like he has to fulfill this role of married guy now. They're in the elevator and they're all like trying to get the juicy details oh, and yeah. everything. And he's like, oh no, I'm going to be respectful to my wife yeah, now. Yeah, now I'm married. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very much that him, him trying to play a role that's what I got from it that. It is interesting. So, like, it, yeah, so that's kind of what I got as well, where he's kind of, he has this idea that 
now that I'm married, everything's different. Uh-huh. And nothing's really different, is it really? You're still the same person. And we'll go into that a bit later. But um, yeah, he's like everything's the same. But what's really cool about the um, the, 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 um, the family, the Chinese family in the thing, is that, like, the, like I just said a couple of minutes ago, they're a joke. The family is a joke. So that's how Don sees that in the family. It's kind of like as a joke. Well. So um, yeah, so that's that. Um, there's other things as well, like there's something. So there's another thing. So really small thing, which I wasn't going to go into, but now that we're here, um, when as Pete's getting into the lift right at the beginning, mm. um, the, the other two guys are talking, and one of them says something along the lines of um, uh, the French are gonna, uh, the French are gonna launch the bomb or something, the nuclear bomb or something. Yeah. And the other guy goes, "How did like I can't remember something about it, they." So it's like somebody gave it to them. It's like mm. they don't even know what it's for. Somebody gave it to them. It's like, for me, that's another comment on marriage and families and how we've been told that that's the only way to live is to be this, like, two, you know, 2.1, 2.5 children or whatever. And, like, this perfect look at a family. And there's, like, there's only one way to have a family. It's like that's what the American people have been told. And that's kind of part of the reason they're so upset. So fucked up. Um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, so then we go into the uh, sequel laxative pitch meeting, which uh, uh, yeah, that's a that's a whole thing going on there. So yeah, I mean you. So Fono sends me an email every week with like the things that he wants to discuss underlined, and that to me as a scene wasn't one of the priorities. Really? Yeah. Go on, you sh- you you hit me with your logic. Okay, this one's really hard, so I kind of have to pull up all my notes on this. Uh, where did I put them? Right. Okay. So there's so much stuff going on in that. So Don is like, so the first thing is like Don saying that um, if uh, yeah. So something, something um, safe and easy is going to put him to sleep. And that's just him basically talking about, you know, his views on family and the, the way things are supposed to be, right? Um, so he, he actually says, um, what do we have? And let me remind you, safe and reliable would make me doze off if I wasn't so blighted by the scourge of constipation. And like to me, like that's a two pronged sort of um, statement, I right? I don't have an opinion on that. <laughs> Alexa doesn't have an opinion on that. Why doesn't Alexa? Anyway, why is Alexa treat me like that? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so that's a two pronged. So the the thing that he says there is basically what he says is, uh, "We what what do we have? Let me remind you, safe and reliable would make me doze off if I wasn't blighted by the scourge of, of constipation." And that basically, what he's basically saying there is. Um, he is like he doesn't like but he doesn't like boring sort of simple easy obvious thing um, but the, the scourge of constipation is this idea that he never speaks he never talks about anything so mm. he's, he's, he's what he's saying is blighted by the scourge of constipation I don't know what do you think am I talking bollocks I don't really know like I, like I said I, I kind of slept a little bit during this scene yeah. I, I just feel a little bit like that again that scene because they're talking about the advert yeah yeah they talk yeah. about the advert and that they was the bit that it. i kind of zoomed in on really right, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's that's my thing as well and i mean i guess there's a few jokes about constipation well, in there there's, with there's, that, the writer the as well going oh i've got a block and so there's, there's I mean? all those jokes as well going on yeah. so it's, again it's like back to the whole thing of like um family's a joke and 
marriage is a joke, all that kind of stuff. It's just that they just keep pushing that whole idea. Mm. It seems to me anyway. Um, and then um, Rod. Oh, um, Roger says he wants the Chinaman out of the building as well, which I kind of. I don't know. That that kind of means something to me. I'm not entirely sure what, but um, yeah, that's pretty much. Um, there's, there's nothing else that you thought about for that scene. I mean, that scene. Are we including Pete and Don's discussion in that scene? Oh yeah. So that's actually that's a bit later, isn't it? That's, Is it? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, so... I don't write things down in order. <laughs> um, um, so we could talk about that. So before we do, though, I want to talk about the fact that um, Pete bumps into. Peggy outside and he kind of brushes her off. Is that does that happen before he meets Don? I thought that was yeah, after. Yeah, oh, okay, fine. Happens. Let's talk about let's talk about that, right? Because yeah, Peggy's obviously been waiting for this moment. She's got his dirty postcard in her drawer and you yeah. know all this sort of stuff. And then he comes in and he's like to her, he's like, "I'm married now." <laughs> like that makes all the difference. <laughs> like the fact that he wasn't a dirty cheater before. <laughs> They got married, but it's almost like he feels like, and I think that's this is reiterated in the scene with Don, where he feels like he's reached this like next level of life yeah, now, yeah, yeah. where he's like he's got to be this good person. He is a responsible man. And he yeah. goes over and he sort of gives her this brush off, and it's like she knows all this information. She's not stupid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think it it doesn't mean anything no. in a strange way. It means something to him because he feels like he's going over there and being assertive and being like, I'm a married man well, doesn't now. Doesn't he say something about like she has to put, they have to put it behind him now. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah, but it did happen, right? Of course it happened. So they have to deal with it. She, she literally says like, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it happened. Yeah. Um, And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, in the, in the, in a fresh marriage, when you've just committed to someone else and you've just said those vows, of course you're going to take them seriously. But literally half an hour later, he's like, you look pretty. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll talk about that. Um, so, yeah, th- th- I feel that. So that that kind of leads on to the next part of the thing that I want to talk about. Um, so when what's really interesting is as soon as that, that, that little conversation has happened, he goes into... He goes into the room, he goes into the office, and he says to the room, um, I've, got, I've just got rid of the China, the Chinaman or whatever. Uh, and, but, I, but strangely enough, I feel like I'm going to want to take them out again later on. And it's kind of like a joke and everyone laughs because it's like Chinese food you keep wanting more. Mm. But it's not really about Chinese food. It's more about his, how he's going to go and talk to Peggy again at some point. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of a little thing that I liked. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. What did you think of the next part where it is just Don and um, Don and Pete? I mean, this is Pete at his kiss ass best, right? <laughs> so he goes in there and he says what well, I think is really weird, and Don obviously thinks is really weird as well because he says, "I missed you, I missed you." Like, who goes back into work and is like, "I missed you" to their boss? Like, <laughs> nobody does that, right? Yeah. I missed you, and then Don says something like, "Can't have been much of a honeymoon then." Yeah. Um, which is true because I so I don't understand. Like, did did that seem significant to you? Because to me, I was trying trying to work out if it meant anything, and I couldn't see anything there. But but it but it was because I think that's the moment where so Pete has this aspiration. I think to be Don Draper. That's the kind of but because like, Don Draper demands um respect. Like nobody talks shit about Don Draper. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like he is this mysterious figure. Blah blah. And and I think what Pete is trying to do, you know, and he. 
again, it's emphasised with the whole, like, I'm married now, so now we can go for a double date with your wife and my wife. We can go out together. Yeah. And I think he's sort of to be like, right, well, I'm on your level now. I'm a grown-up. I'm, I've said my vows. I've made commitments. Yeah. I'm a big, oh, okay, big see. guy now, like yeah. you are. But the thing is, what he doesn't know, and, and you know, obviously they do suspect because there's a conversation about it later, but he, he thinks that, Don is sort of an honourable man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he sees that he sees him kind of a, as a role model, and he yeah. wants to sort of get in there and be his friend and okay. be like on his level and respected as he is. Yeah. But Don instantly is like, no, because yeah. he doesn't want that. Well, also, I think as you just clicked to me now, like him saying "I miss you" is kind of yeah. It's like him sort of he is aiming himself, trying to be like Don, and he's totally just messed it up he doesn't know who Don is really yeah but it's that intimacy of the office relationship like that's a that's a fucking odd thing to say to anyone at work like even if even if like you know one of my team is off for two weeks when they come back I'm not like I missed you (laughs) or they don't say they missed me well if they did I'd be like that's really weird like I'm we're gonna have to talk about that (laughs) because it's it's such an intimate thing to say and I think it, it shows, I think, with P and I think for the first time in this episode I think I've seen a little bit of him vulnerable. you know yeah, and uh, I think yeah. we've sort of talked about in the previous episode how he is vulnerable and how he sort of tries to keep up with the crowd but I think saying something like, I missed you when yeah. he's on his honeymoon, it's such a vulnerable and it's sort of like a very complimentary thing to say it is. and he almost expects that reaction because it's what he's sort of with Peggy, he's gone in and he's not been like, and he had sex with Peggy. And yeah, you think yeah, that's yeah. the person, if he's going to miss yeah. anyone, and he's gone in and said like, no, we can't do this yeah. anymore. I'm married and asserted his authority. Wow. But then he almost goes straight into this other room and then suddenly he's the vulnerable, he's Peggy wow. and Don's him. And yeah. Don's like, no. I never, yeah, I never, I never yeah. put that together. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, one, one of the things I found about this whole scene was, um, so remember in the last, episode we were talking about how makeup and jewelry and accessories kind of are you know like a shield almost mm. like a shield or sort of a, a cover-up of the inner self or yeah or a way to cover up the inner self well in this this scene um don drops his cufflink on the floor and he says something about i'm not really good with these things i'm not really good with i don't really think men should wear jewelry but then um pete says oh i like jewelry I'm yeah and uh, and it's kind of like to me it's like Pete if you think about the way these two characters are Don is outwardly pissed off and just annoyed with his marriage and he just doesn't give a shit and obviously Pete has just come back and he's like beaming with this sort of like idea of being it's like this he's quite happy with this cover up yeah he's quite happy with this idea of covering up and sort of like just being you know putting on this this show for people mm. and i kind of like that i thought that's kind of so subtle that you barely even see it well i didn't see it so i didn't notice, <laughs> i didn't see the drop in the cufflink i thought i kind of caught that conversation and what i thought was that don doesn't wear a ring right okay, because then okay, i assumed okay. like obviously he he sort of goes out with all these girls and like has sex and stuff. Yeah. well exactly yeah. so maybe next episode we need to because Obviously, later on, that uh, Rachel doesn't realise he's married. So, is do he does he not wear a ring? Yeah. And Pete is wearing a ring, and he's wearing his ring. And you know, it's obvious to anyone that he's married now. But yeah. is is Don at the point where he's like, he doesn't wear a ring, because he, well, he doesn't wear jewelry? Well, to be fair, I think 
a lot of this episode does so i think the the previous episode ladies room was basically about a certain thing it was about that kind of inner thing but it was mainly from the woman's point of view it was like mm. about the women and i think this kind of carries that on so it's kind of the same sort of thing but now they're looking more at don and how all that stuff affects him like men's accessories i love it yeah, yeah. so okay. Uh, so okay so the next scene um this next scene is amazing mm. I don't know. Did you did you look this up or anything uh, at all? The there's this lady Chatterley's lover. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is my favorite scene. Like I love. Really? Of, of this this is your favorite scene? This okay. Is my favorite scene. I think it's the most important scene. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's go then. <laughs> go on. No, you. know, you, you, you start. You, uh, start. you always start. Okay. So, um, and I don't know everything about it, but Lady Chatterley's love. So these girls are basically. Talking about Lady Chatterley's Lover and all sorts of like... Really it's a dirty book. It's a dirty book. It's a dirty really book. Stuff. But what's really interesting, and I didn't know anything about this about Lady Chatterley's mm-hmm. Lover, it's actually quite a deep book. Mm. And it's about loads of things. But the main thing that it's about... Um, obviously, it's about these two people that are having an affair. But on top of that, it kind of explores this idea of dual things, like dualities. Mm. so how the real thing about and, and i think one of the the reason one of the, the things about this episode is that marriage it's not that marriage is a joke it's the idea of marriage is a joke because the idea of marriage um the way it's presented to these people at this time was that the men do a certain thing and the women do a certain thing and that's you know that's their their roles are sort of like fixed and like you know the, you can never sort of change those roles and and you know you need those two people those two things to work together and if you don't have a man sort of fixing the car and all that kind of stuff and a woman doing all the cooking and all that kind of stuff um you don't really have a family right Mm. um and that's kind of what the the so it's it's this idea of like dualities is um uh someone who does something and someone who does something else so the the lady shadows love um covers these covers a lot of ground on that so the main thing that it covers is this idea of the body and the mind Mm. so i don't know the story fully but i know that the man in um lady charlie's lover his wife is always demanding sex from him and he just wants to kind of like talk to her and stuff and like you know get to know her and be emotional that kind of stuff and the lady she just like the lady that um he's having an affair with she can't have sex with her husband and she's just really frustrated. So there's these two things, these two people want these two things. And if you look at this episode of Mad Men, it's basically split into two. Mm. So the first half is focused on Don at work. Don is like, if you watch that, that, inter- that um, the meeting part, Don is the boss, he's like the man, he's like telling everyone what to do, he's kind of like in control, he's essentially the mind of that, 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 uh, that scene. And in the second half, we'll get into in a bit, um, if you watch it, Don is basically told what to do, how to act, and he never gets to do his own thing. And that's where he's the body, basically. And he, at, at one point, he gets really kind of, like, objectified by the wife. Oh, like, yeah. Like, she's literally just, like, drooling her at the, at the mouth. Um, and um, I feel like... And also, there's other things as well. So it's like, this, this idea of class where... You know, you've got upper class and, and, and lower class. And there's also, um, 
there's also the idea of um, industrialization versus um, nature. Um, we'll get into that later, but like essentially Don building that, um, Don telling his daughter that he's gonna give her a pony, but instead he builds her a house. You've like, just skipped like five scenes. Right? I know I have, I know, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I'm just excited because basically that's what the whole episode's about. It's about this kind of, this idea that there's dual things and there's dual, and it's like... I didn't, see, I didn't get that. <laughs> that's not what I got at yeah, all. Okay, okay, no, so, obviously, like, this is, so when I talked about earlier on in this episode how people are expected to want one thing, so Americans, bigger is better. So let's talk about, go back to cars, bigger is better, right? Mm-hmm. VW come in and they say, no, smaller is better. Okay, okay. And they, and, and it's kind of like, this is the thing, is, is the perception of what men think women want, right. which is women want a ring on their finger, they want the nice house, they want this thing. Yeah. And then you've got this little gaggle of girls, yeah. all in the pretty dresses, in the break room, sniggering and saying that they want forbidden passion, okay. and they want yeah. affairs, and they want excitement. Yeah. And to me, it's like, this whole episode is about what people want versus what people think that they want. Okay. And it's kind of like... I don't know. I mean, the whole thing with Lady Chatterley's Lover is it's very much a fantasy. Yeah. But for the, some of these girls, it can totally be a reality. I mean, as, as Joan sort of said, she's got her overnight yeah, stuff yeah, in yeah, her yeah, bag. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's totally going to have her own forbidden passion. Okay. And she's making that a reality. And the fact that they can share in that, and that's not something that they share in front of the boys. In front of the boys, they are very much a, you know, go out and buy me lunch and blah, blah, blah. They're playing the game as much as the boys are. Okay. But what the boys think women want and and I think that's proved later on with the scene on the rooftop. Um, uh, the scene on the rooftop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay yeah. I think later on that's also shown okay. through that as well. But I think it very much, for me, it's it's about these women are showing that they don't aren't just all after marriage and they aren't all after the Betty dream. Okay. Um, and that there are different things for different people. That's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I think... I, I, we're not saying the same thing, but I think we're... I think, I think there's loads of things you can read from that. From that, I th- I'm not saying. I, I think basically, you're 100 percent right. But I don't think that negates what I said either. No, I think, no. I think that kind of. Yeah, I think yeah. That this is. A, I guess this is a show that where there are so many meanings and stuff, and all put there purposely. That that kind of makes sense to me. That totally makes sense to me. Um, but I guess the symbol what's interesting is that the symbols mean different things so when we come to talk about the playhouse like the playhouse meant something yeah. sort of different to me okay. to what it meant to you oh okay cool so can't yeah. wait to get to that alright alright so this is a really cool scene so I think the next part yeah so the next part is the the meeting the meeting with uh, Rachel again. yeah oh Rachel that hat was <laughs> so good <laughs> Hat. I want that hat. Uh, do you want to go in this one first, or? I mean, she's just pissed off, isn't she? Right. They just don't do these boys. Just aren't doing their homework. They're just going around, going right. This is what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And nobody bothered to look at what she's doing. Yeah. And I feel for her. Uh, first thing I want to point out about that is the joke that Harry tells. Which was. And the doctor says, "Your wife will need bathing around the clock, looking after." And then he goes. I'm just kidding. She's dead. Your turn to shoot. Oh my god. So like, what's interesting about so that? What's interesting about that joke? And there's another joke later on. Um, is that joke is basically about how the man would have to 
it's a weird one because the first half to me is mainly about the mind but this joke is about the brain mm. uh this joke is about the, the body sorry uh but the second joke i might have to jump forward to do this but the second joke in the second half do you remember about that? the lawyer yeah yeah so yeah. The, the yeah so your wife and your lawyer are drowning you have a choice to make do you go to lunch or do you go to movies mm-hmm. that's basically about you know mindfulness or just kind of like enjoying yourself so that and that's in the body's health. So I'm just kind of like, I just found that really interesting that those two things are sort of like go against each other. I don't know. Maybe that's because they're a joke and it's because they're kind of uh, within each, within each um, part of the thing, within each part of, within, within each part of the episode, that part is the joke, if that makes any sense. So the idea, so in the first half where Don is like the boss and he's kind of like in control, the joke is, or the, the, the funny idea is that a man would sort of look after his wife mm-hmm. and do all the work. And in the second half, the Don is obviously this kind of like put up on guy and he's just doing what he's told. And the joke is that he can, he'd never be able to sit down and sort of relax. Does that make sense? Kind of. I mean, the, making a joke, because the thing is, I guess again it's like that's that's the man's perception that they do all the work yeah, yeah, yeah. but in the second half Betty does all the work yeah yeah, yeah totally, like, totally Don really doesn't do that much work he did well he, he doesn't, really doesn't he doesn't do any work but he's told what to do he doesn't really do anything for himself until he does he is because but that's more from my point of view because he doesn't know how to act right okay I feel like he has he ha- he knows how to be himself in that work environment he knows what his role is yeah. but he doesn't know what his role is in the family like yeah. he because that's not the role he would have chosen he would have chosen the john draper in the boardroom and yeah, totally. you know taking out the clients and so, that yeah. sort of stuff but that's what i mean yeah so it's kind of like so he's directed more he's yeah directed more and he's kind of like yeah, he's told what to do he doesn't really he doesn't do it well he doesn't do, well. He doesn't do it he well just, he just does it but um so that's what i mean so it's kind of like at that point he doesn't the idea of him sort of doing what he wants is kind of the funny part of the bit that's really yeah. or whatever. Um, but that's just the that's just the beginning of it. That's that's nothing to do with that. That's just kind of like the the show as a, as a the episode as a whole is uh, to me is like the two halves of it. But this effort, this um, this scene um, is there anything else that you that you found in this scene? And um, so I mean I think it's just interesting like how they described what other stores do to yeah. sort of like, I think there was there was a lot in that and the bit that I wrote down was um sort of the less is more philosophy right um and I really liked that they were like and, and Barney's or whoever they said did it have mannequins right over head so that so that yeah. people can imagine their heads on the clothes which will come up later oh okay <laughs> fine um, um so that that was sort of it for me really though because I kind of for me, the main thing was here that we're in this situation where last time, I mean, it was almost she was laughed out of the office. Yeah. But I think, you know, Rachel is becoming a, a very, uh, they're, they're all kind of a bit scared of Rachel because they know she, she doesn't take shit from no one. Yeah. And she's gone in there and they've got this posh British bloke. And I'm sorry, where did he come from? Like, I'm not sure I where know. he came from. I'm I was a bit like, why do they have him? And he's like, and we looked at all these different shops. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I'm trying to do a British accent when I am British, but okay. Um, and, you know, he sort of come in and he tells himself and she's like, well, if you co- if you came to my store, you'd actually see. Yeah. And I think that is perhaps a direct reference to the joke that you just told, is that is that perception of men are like, think that women are like this. And then she's come and said, well... 
you know, that. why don't you actually come and see? You're yeah. you're making an assumption that you do everything, but yeah. then you're actually not doing everything because well, you yeah. didn't even when you're researching how to improve the chances of me getting a different clientele. You didn't even come to my store. Fair enough. And the number of times, you know, I've had come up people interview for me and my work yeah. when they haven't even looked at what I work on yeah. or what our product is. <laughs> it drives me crazy. So I totally get where she's coming from. Fair enough. Uh, for me, this whole this whole scene is basically explaining to Don on a very so. Okay, let me go. Actually, let me go back to the previous episode again. So remember when Peggy and Joan were sort of they were sort of playing the game and they went for lunch with the guys. Yeah, yeah. And there was all this like there was all this kind of references to shopping. Yes. And how um how Peggy was like shopping for a man essentially. I think, you know, and I'm saying that this second, this episode is basically from Don's perspective. Oh, yeah. So I think this is where it starts that Don is shopping for another woman. And that guy who's explaining, all the, the British guy's explaining how, um, how, he basically says how to attract a customer is to do all these different things. And he basically goes through a whole list of how to ah, attract Like, not give away too much at once. Like, I love it. Oh, my God. So, and then uh, also, at the same time, while they're doing it, um, Don's, um, what's it called, falls off. His, his cuffling. So his cuffling falls and off. And she notices. And she notices. And, uh, so, yeah, so I feel like this is, I think it's the show telling us that, you know, Don is, like, on the prowl, basically, trying to get trying to get into a pub. And, love uh, it. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Um, it's very, again, very subtle. Um, mm. But they're, whole, they're doing this whole thing, they're all flirting the whole time, and it's just, yeah, it's just really cool. Um, and then the whole thing about the Vendels takes off the heads of the mannequins, mm. so you so Shopper can imagine uh, them, to any, them to be anyone. That really comes in later on when... Um, We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Let's save it. Let's save, <laughs> we'll save it. it. Okay. So, but, but before we before we go on, so when they leave, when they leave the when they leave that meeting, and they walk out, and uh, Don, I can't remember what Don says. He's talking about he's having a deep voice, and I can't, I don't really know what that means, but like he says, I've got a deep voice, and that's why people leave. Oh. Uh, that, yeah. Oh, when they see the chicken. They see the chicken. Yeah. And the chicken reminds me again of the previous episode where Roger was talking about his parents and his mum. And he's like, and to me, the chicken, and like, this is when he basically makes this date with, with mm. Rachel. And it's kind of, to me, again, it's this idea of, so Don is looking for some sort of matriarch. Yeah. And he sees her as a matriarch because she's so put together. She's so cool. And she's so kind of like, she's what he wants, basically. And we are going to come back to that I know later <laughs> on in this episode. So stay tuned, folks. Because I, I, I want to move on. Okay. So next scene what's the next scene that you've got the next thing i've got is the when they go to menken's yes okay okay right let's talk about that let's talk about that. let's talk about that right because i have something to say go on so they go in it's beautiful it is but the the main part is when she helps her pick out some cufflinks okay okay. so i'm really interested to hear what you think about this right because listen, right? Yeah. So these are the options that she goes through. Right. Okay. So she goes through seahorses, yeah. lucky dice, crowns, okay. and a knight. Yeah, yeah. And then she chooses the knight. Okay. And that's... I think that's significant. Well, I think it's significant that she chooses knights, but I didn't really think about the other things that she could have picked. And I guess that is significant as well. 
I feel like that's significant because they are all quite masculine things. Right. Right, so seahorses. Now, any biologists out there, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, but male yeah. seahorses carry the children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like it's the female seahorses lay the eggs into yeah. the male and then the male fertilizes them and then gives birth to them. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah that's, pretty I've weird. Seen, I've seen it on a I mean, you know, place. don't say disgusting. It's horrible to see they burst out of them. Anyway. That's what birth is, Polar. <laughs> Tune in soon for our uh, podcast oh, where oh. I give Polar sexual education. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, yeah, so seahorse is very independent man, yes. I would say, or a man that is, takes on responsibility. Right. A king is a man who's been given responsibility, uh, but has responsibility over a nation. Yeah, okay. Lucky dice, it's a little... You don't know what you get. It's a little, yeah, it's a, it's more irresponsible. I would say she should have chosen the lucky dice oh, really? for Don. Because okay. Don, not necessarily because they were just dice, really. She yeah, called them lucky yeah. dice. But he's a gamble. Yeah. He is what he is. But she chose the knight. And the knight could be looked at in two ways. First of all, how she sees him. Yeah. Which could be, A, she sees him as her knight in so shining armour. Yeah. But B... She wants to get under his armor. She wants to understand who he is. Okay, wow. And I think there's there's something in that where it's like those were the ones that she chose, but we don't know why she chose them. I think that's great. Yeah, I I didn't really think about the other the other couplings. So yeah. yeah that's good so you know, well, I mean, there might be nothing in it, but I, don't know. I feel like seahorses was a bit of a random one <laughs> yeah, to just throw in random. there. Yeah, so I feel like there was possibly a conscious choice there when they chose oh, when like when that. they chose those ones to go through. Okay. Um. I don't get so okay. You're, I totally agree with that. I couldn't really. Again, I'm sort of watching this, and I was like, really. I found this this episode really hard to kind of get a handle on for some reason, mm. and I think a lot of it was because of this section of it. Yeah. Because I didn't understand what was going on. Like, if you watch, if you watch this episode, or if you watch this scene, like the. Like the scene, you know, the scene from the previous episode where mm. um, Peggy is going around by Kinsey. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the, basically, I think it's the same scene. I think this, again, if you, if you accept that Don is shopping for someone, mm. what, and what gave it away as well, what makes me think, what, what makes me believe this is when, you know, at the end of that scene in the, in the previous episode, they get to the end of the tour and you see... That is uh, Helen uh, Baker's other. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you get to the end of the when they get to the end of the tour, you see that pit, that that name on the door of Pete, mm-hmm. and it's like that's kind of in her head. And when Don approaches the the shopping the the mall or whatever it is the the, the store, you see Menken's on the door. Yeah. As he opens it, so um... I, I feel like that's kind of they're saying that, and 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 also at the end of. Towards the end of this scene, um, we get like a, a random shot of Pete leaving the office uh, in the same sort of way that, but there's loads of people there. Yeah, yeah. And he says like, Peggy looks really nice. Um, there's also a bit at the beginning where they're talking about, um, Rachel talks about how the store that they're in at the moment is actually a replacement for a store they had before. Yeah, and they start talking about how you know if you're gonna if you're gonna get new people in, you have to be prepared to lose yeah old customers and all this kind of stuff, and you have to work out what the new person wants and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it's just kind of like that was kind of 
bubbling in my head. But then, in that sense, and that's what made me think of that actually is is they're all shopping. She's she's shopping for a certain like she's got a store that's full of customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not the customers that she wants. That's true. Yeah. And it is like a whole thing of like mm-hmm. he's looking for something. Yeah. But is she what he wants? Well, this is it. So ah, so what's interesting about that is um so that little insert of peggy mm. and pete comes up just before um they go to the roof mm. they see the dogs mm. and you see when pete says to peggy you look nice and just walks off peggy looks fucking straw like she's like and um i feel like the one thing that peggy didn't have was guard dog she had nothing kind of like stuffing her so can i just say it. that's so weird because i didn't i don't know if i watched it wrong yeah. but i don't think she looked distraught did you know no oh wow okay i thought she looked intrigued because i think he'd come in yeah and he his whole thing was like this isn't gonna happen and she's yeah. like okay because i almost feel like she didn't she didn't quite believe him because okay. she was like, I was there. Yeah. And she doesn't see the difference. She doesn't see what Joan sees, uh, uh, these, these accessories. Mm. She doesn't see that. Okay. She doesn't get the accessory thing. She's something that she's been told to do to fit in. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not something that she really understands. Right, okay. And I feel like she's almost there with that wedding ring thing as well. Like he's there with his ring and that's a symbolic thing to him, but it uh, means nothing to her. Yeah. And the fact that he, in front of all those people, he's making, he's like basically going, I'm going home because I'm getting dinner made for me. Like, yeah, that's yeah, why I'm yeah. going home. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. But we, forgot but, we forgot something, sorry. You just reminded me. Of, actually, so keep going, keep going. I'll, 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 but I'll it's like, he made that whole big deal about my wife's making dinner for me. And it's like, he makes that, that decision on the phone. He's like, yeah. that's the, my decision made. That's what I'm doing yeah. with my life now. That's who I am. Yeah. But as, he, as he's leaving, it's almost like there's there's that part of him that's still like, I don't want this to be who I am. Yeah, okay. And it's kind of like, I feel like she, I don't think it just, it makes her distraught. I think it's like, she almost looks at him like, he doesn't know who he is. She knows who she is, yeah. but he doesn't know who he is. Okay, that, I think that still works because, um, you know, no spoilers, but he doesn't turn out to be, he doesn't turn out to be good for her, right? And I think, I think the reason that scene is, specifically there is because she doesn't have any kind of defense she is a little bit naive she doesn't have anything sort of like protecting her i think she's less naive than than and i don't know maybe i'm wrong because i don't know what's coming because i literally have the brain a brain like a sieve and i can't remember anything (laughs) but i feel like she isn't as naive as she lets on she probably isn't but in terms of how to deal with pete and what pete wants from her and what pete's going to give her yeah, but we don't know that at that point. I think at this point, and this is why this VW advert is so important, is it's about perception. Mm-hmm. It's about, again, it's that whole, like, we had to think, we had to get big to think small kind of thing. Okay. And it's almost that's the picture that's being created here, is it's yeah. like, at the moment, Pete's mind is still small, whereas her mind is still big. Yeah. And she's like, this is still a possibility. Whereas in his mind, it's not a possibility anymore. Yeah. But he's giving her a signal that it is still possible, even if he doesn't know that he is. Okay, so that's, that's my point. Yeah. He's giving her a signal that it's possible, but, you know, without spoiling it, it's not possible. Right? All um, right, don't, <laughs> don't spoil it, dude. And, but my point is, 
um, to 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 Pete, it's like he is saying, um, "This is never going to happen." Like, and he's like, he, well, he's, he's he's giving he's he's basically leading her on. Is what I'm trying to say. He's leading her on, and she's kind of like, "Oh, it's a possibility." But the reason that scene is there is because the scene afterwards is where Rachel takes Don up to the top floor yeah. and shows him her guard dogs. Which she Let's to talk pro- about the dogs. Before we go into the dogs, I just want to make a point about um, Pete and Harry. Yeah, yeah, okay. I um, wrote down a quote. <laughs> well, it's just about. I just want to say that I just think it's really funny that the two of them are like little kids. And with his lollipop. With his lollipop. Oh, bless and him. Pete's Pete's like, I want ice cream and all this oh. kind of. That's basically what they are. They're kids, right? Um, but sorry, yeah, you go. No, so. I mean, I, I kind of feel like this is this was close. Maybe not quote of the week, okay. but, but right. quite close. Oh, I is what they're talking about in talking about Don Draper. Yes. Uh, and they were he was sort of, they were talking about him and and uh, is it Harry? Harry. Harry said, "No one's ever lifted that rock. It could be Batman. He could be Batman for all we know." I know it's a great. And I was great, like, great. "That's a brilliant quote because it's so true." Yeah. Because he almost is Batman. He has that's, two identities. That's it. It's two identities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. So, and that's, again, that's the whole point of this episode, where there's the dual sort of like thing, where you know you have two different versions of Don. And you know, I have to say, like the lollipop for the smoking thing, like I just don't know how they did that because, <laughs> oh my gosh, as someone who has struggled with nicotine addiction for many years, um, I don't think a lollipop pop would quite, no, quite do it. So. It's almost like they were just trying to make a metaphorical point. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, just okay, a distraction. So, like, okay, okay, let's talk about the um the rooftop thing then, because I guess loads of stuff goes on. I don't even like. I've got an idea of what's going on here, but like, I, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, no, no. What do you think? Sorry. Okay, all right. What do I think? Okay. So let's see if I can find them in my, uh, in my notes. Uh, so basically this, again, this is back to the whole thing of Rachel kind of, and I think this, so I think this massively ties into the end of the episode, right? Yeah. Um, and and it's all about Rachel basically talking about how she's rely she doesn't rely on family, she relies on these dogs because family don't really have, you don't know what you're gonna get with family. And it's and it kind of has a an effect on Don because Don's like, Oh, I feel exactly the same way and Don kind of like at that point is like, um, this is it, this is the moment where I have to you know tell her my feelings and all this kind of stuff mm. and I don't really have anything other than that the only other thing I have is the fact that at the end doesn't she say she's got to go away and sign some papers mm. which I kind of find interesting from the marriage point of view which is essentially what a marriage is signed with a paper <laughs> I mean I didn't get that did you? okay no. I didn't think you would but go no. on let's say so, what, what you got so for me this scene is all this is so set up it's such a setup. like she's taking him up there because she wants to him to make a move like they go up onto the roof it's like above Manhattan it's so romantic right she introduces him to these dogs right okay, go on. <laughs> so she's like this is my favourite part of the store right this isn't somewhere where things are bought or sold or traded yeah this is where her loyal companions live in cages, right? Mm-hmm. 
and she goes and she sort of says about the dogs being named the same thing for three generations mm-hmm. um and then she says to him a dog is all you need they protect you and they listen yeah. right and that's pretty much in don's head what women want right okay and that's what he sort of feels like he has to provide okay. even though that's not the person that he wants to be yeah right so then they have their little smooch oh, yeah. they have a smooch on the roof yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he says to her after they've had a smooch i'm married, I'm married. Yeah. right and it's such a line and it's such a the thing is this is the kind of thing right as you know i'm in my 30s now i'm older and wiser but when i was in my 20s i was not and it's like when a guy comes on to you who's married first of all it's really complimentary in some sort of awful disgusting way because you're like they're married they're promised to someone else it's lady chatterley's lover it's very much like you know that's you know they're they're being tempted away from these like important vows that they right. vowed to someone else it feels like it's a big deal right okay. it's a romantic notion that a lot of women would feel like he's married but he's breaking his vows for me wouldn't they be shocked and appalled and then the but back? you would be surprised how few women are shocked and appalled by it i would as well i feel like <laughs> it's not i mean don't get me wrong there are plenty of rachels out there who would hear that and be like fuck you yeah you're a dick yeah. right but at the same time, it's it's in some sense it's a massive compliment. And but what he does, what he does that is wrong, mm. is that he doesn't tell her until after they've kissed. So he almost feels like that kiss yeah. is gonna melt her, and then she'll and then she'll just fall into his arms and be like, I don't care, I can't resist you, right? Yeah. It's like that that whole marriage thing. What does he say? What does she say? She says something about, did you expect me to? Yeah, be she's. This? Alongside you or something. Yeah, yeah. Did you expect my life, me just to live my life alongside you yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that? But what she says before that is when he says I'm married, she says, quote of the week. Okay. I guess I didn't ask because I didn't want to know. Okay. Because the thing is, it's more powerful. And we've seen this with Midge before where she doesn't, they don't, they don't want, want to know about them. Because the thing is, if you don't know, you're not guilty. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. So he says that and it's supposed to be this big romantic thing like I'm I'm this or like I don't think it's Don being honest because if he was honest he would have said it before. Yeah. Right? I think he's saying it in a romantic kind of like let's be crazy Lady Chatterley's lover kind of way. Yeah. And she receives it and she's like I didn't want to know that. If yeah. you hadn't told me that who knows what would have happened but now I do know it I can't live my life alongside you. Why do you do <laughs> I mean, yeah, she is. She is a fox. He did. Uh, he did ruin that whole thing. Idiot job. I know. So then, yeah. So then she loses. But and I, I kind of feel like that is her retaining her respect because it's it's that whole contract thing. Because then she talks about how they get. He's gonna have to give the contract to someone else to look yeah. after and stuff. Like she doesn't. She wants to cut the ties, and it's almost shocking to him because it's this. His marriage is the thing. His marriage and his family is the thing that gets up in the way of mm. so much in his life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have totally missed something out. I said earlier that I was going to talk about the mannequin. Oh, yeah. So when they're in the bedroom part of this um, walk around in, uh, Rachel's psyche, mm. um, Don looks at the, um, the little teddy bears. Oh, yeah. And he says, it's a shame we're gonna have to remove the. It's a shame we're gonna have to remove the head. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. And 
the reason that's weird, and the reason it may turn out to be an actual dick, and you know, I don't like making judgments on dogs and biopsies, but the reason, <laughs> the reason it makes you out to be a dick is because earlier on, when that guy was talking about they have to, why they remove the heads of the thing, it's so you can imagine anybody you want. Mm. So basically, I think this scene, that scene is basically saying that as much as he likes Rachel, it's, it's just as long as it's not his wife, he doesn't care. <laughs> I know you don't like to judge him, but I do. I don't care if he's got issues. Like, so do murderers, but we still lock them up. Anyway. Um, and so, yeah, so he's, uh, he's a bit of a mess. Um, and uh, what else did I want to add? So I wanted to also talk about the fact that, yeah, so the end is just, the end of that scene is basically done on the tram, on the train going home. Uh-huh. And... It's basically a mirror of the earlier scene at the beginning, only not as vibrant and pretty. He gets like, so in the first scene, he's reading a magazine with the advert in it. Mm. And in the next scene, in the, in the second scene, when he's going home, he gets given this paper that he didn't, that wasn't even his. He's like, he doesn't want it. And he's depressed and he's even all drab and everything. And that's what leads into him being family. So we're back. Um, hello. Hello. So uh, yeah, uh, second half. The second half is interesting for me in a kind of, in the way that I didn't really have that much to say about it. Well, not that I didn't have much to say about it. Not as much to say as the as the first half. True. Okay. Let's talk about the second half. Let's start with the playhouse because we kind of okay we touched did, on so, it before. We, we did, yeah. So my thing about the playhouse is Don doesn't want to build a playhouse he doesn't want to live this pretend life that he's got like this whole thing this whole party is this play life like it is not a real it's not a reality it's people who are trying to make it a reality of happy families and good kids and like and i think you see that quite a lot um and I think Don, the act of Don building this playhouse and the fact that he starts drinking so early yeah. is because he can't cope with this constructed reality that is the American dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think uh, it's, I, I think, I think loads of stuff happens to be fair. I, I know I'm not sort of like, I'm, I'm, I'm not as up on this one, but I think there's loads of stuff going on. It's just, I don't know what, what it actually is. Um, well, well, well the, the, I, I guess the, the main thing that I want to make a point of is the fact that, okay, for you, the, he doesn't want to make the, the play out. Yeah, all right. Let me, talk, let me talk you through Don in the last half of, the, half of this episode, okay? Yeah. Right? So he starts drinking because he yeah. doesn't want to build this playhouse. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to build, be part of this imaginary world, right? And that's the thing. This whole last section, Don is so connect, disconnected from what's happening. Yeah. in the action Mm. and I think that's really signified very strongly by his role with the camera right okay okay so it's almost like Don is watching this life happen around him as though he's part he's watching a film like he doesn't really have a role his role is go and get the cake do this do that but he is not part of it he isn't he doesn't play an important role but don't you he think, should play an important role, but he doesn't. Don't you he, think that's a reflection of the first half? 
out. He he corrects the mistakes. He does all the stuff. He kind of comes up. He, he leads the meetings and all that kind of stuff. He's totally in control. But in, no, absolutely, because you know. But according to the American dream, this is what he should want, right? Yeah. This is what all his adverts are selling: yeah, the happy yeah. family, yeah. the yeah. you know, yeah. the two point four children, yeah. the nice car, like yeah. the beautiful house, like this whole thing. And the whole, the whole, it's so constructed, but it's actually and what he's selling to everyone else in the whole world. Yeah, and it's not what he has, and it's not what he wants. Yeah. Um, so for me, what's interesting about this, the first scene anyway, when Don wakes up um, and his daughter comes in and he says he's going to make her, he says he's going to get her a pony, but he's going to get her a, that's going to make her a house. So that's the first thing, is like that whole idea of industrial versus Nick. Um, but again, it's like, again, so this, this all falls into this idea that you get from Lady Chatley's lover mm. of like these dualities and these two things that need to be together in order to work, right? You, you can't just have one without the other. You can't, the two things have to be in sync. Mm. Uh, but what's really cool about this, first, the first part of this episode or this, this scene is uh, Sally, um, sorry, Betty offers, to, offers Don uh, what's it called? The bacon and egg sandwich. Oh yeah. And he just kind of looks at her, and then the the shot kind of focuses on him, and then it kind of unfocuses, and it focuses on the the knife thing on on his uh, on his jaw. Ah. And to me, I don't. That could be read like loads of different ways. One, it could be what you're going to see now is Don being this knight and just saving everyone and just kind of like you know, but without any kind of urgency of it agency of his own or it could be the thing that he actually wants that he's not getting and he's kind of like wants to be out there sort of being the night inside and out or I, I don't know. is it a symbol that he's about to go onto the battlefield and oh, this maybe. Is, you know <laughs> yeah, th- there's so many ways you could read that there is um and we don't know what they are so um so yeah we just see him next thing is him just like building this uh building this house basically and it's him using his body, right? So him using his body, but his, but it's so like I think I feel like the drinking, especially in this part, is so significant. Right. Because okay. it's like, yeah, you know, he doesn't. I we've seen him drinking at work. Yeah, he's not. He's use, He's drinking, and he's he basically yeah. You're right. He's disconnecting. He's cutting off his head. He's not engaged in what he's doing. Absolutely. He's literally just using yeah. his body. No, totally. And that's, yeah, you're but it's totally not right. because he couldn't use his mind, it's because he chooses not he chooses to. chooses not to, yeah, totally. He doesn't, like I say, the two things aren't in sync. But he's not, he's not the boss in the house, Betty's the boss yeah, in the house. Yeah, exactly. And I did want to just briefly touch on that fact with the, it's interesting that they could have got their daughter a pony, but they got her a playhouse. Could they have got her a pony though? Yeah. Who do you think? Yeah, I, I mean the ma- the amount of money those guys were bringing in. Uh, yeah, they could have totally got her a pony. Yeah, but I guess it's a pony. But thing. think about what those two things represent: pony, bit dangerous, running wild and free, nature, yeah. all that kind of stuff. The playhouse, True. that pretty pink, constructed, and then all the kids are outside like playing with yeah. this playhouse, like it's like that's, and it's almost. That to him, and I think it's touched upon later when he's watching them play in it. Yeah. It's like depressing. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a little thing. So again, I'm not big on this this part of the episode, but there is when Sally and Francine are uh, making food. Um, I keep calling her Sally. 
Betty and Francine are making food. Um, Betty asks about capers, which I which was kind of significant because capers sometimes used as accessories. <laughs> when do they use accessories? It, it says it in the Wikipedia. What do I know? So capers are first of all disgusting, okay. and second of all, it's really weird because it looks like. So I did have to have a look at because it looks like they're making cucumber with like cream cheese in it. Yeah, what's all that? I know. So I was a bit like, what the hell are they doing anyway? But isn't it weird how they create different food? Like she's trying to like show off with the food, mm. and then that sort of brought down why the everyone going, oh, do you, how do you feel like capers being trodden to the carpet or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, it just kind of occurred to me that well, there's another episode where Betty was making, um, what's it called? She was making hot dogs in the same way. Oh, really? Do you remember when she was like spreading the mayonnaise on the, like splitting the hot dogs in half and spreading the mayonnaise on the hot dogs? No, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't Short term memory. I don't think it's that um, important. No, uh, probably not. <laughs> um, uh, so what's, what else do we have here? Um, so, I mean, you see, first of all, the first time um, Don is objectified as a man, yeah. which I think is quite interesting, um, and how he just sort of laughs it off and walks away, and that's acceptable. Yeah. But however, if the situation was, re- when the situation is re- reversed, mm. essentially, and Don is sat outside chatting to a perfectly reasonable woman who's divorced that's outrageous yeah, 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 yeah. do you know what i mean point. it's yeah, fine yeah, to have it's fine for her friend to make a comment that he's smoking hot or whatever <laughs> she says um but it's not fine because i think there's a there's an assumption in this and i think it runs throughout that marriage is safe like once once yeah. you're married yeah. you're safe like you're not gonna there's not gonna be cheating there's not gonna be lying like right. marriage is considered sacred mm-hmm. but it's as you say, a bit of a joke, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's not sacred. Yeah. There is, there's loads of stuff about Helen. Um, not you. Um, uh, <laughs> there's loads of stuff about Helen in this, where she, um, you know, she, it's kind of like pretty obvious to say that she kind of is, represents the VW. She's the same thing. You don't think she's the same thing? <laughs> Helen? Yeah, Helen. The, um, I don't think the she's, divorcee. No, I don't. You don't think she's oh, Helen, yes, the divorce. Yes, I am all about Helen being the, the VW. Yeah, she is. I love this character. Right, okay. I love this character because she's so unashamed. Like, the first time we saw her, mm. she was, like, having to move boxes yeah. outside her house. And she was a kind on her own. And she was pitied by Betty, yeah. right? And it's kind of like... And it's this whole thing of they all pity her because she's not married. Do they pity her? Or oh, they, they definitely really, pity her. Or are they just suspicious of her? I don't a, know. I think a combination of both. Right, okay. I think that they, in their little boys club, it's very similar to almost, it's like, it's like, it's like Don's workplace, but like reflected in a different way. Yeah. So they are the, ma- they become the madman. Oh, okay. And she's, she's the Peggy or she's the, she's the P, like not quite fitting in. Okay. And just sort of like, but she has her own thing going yeah, on. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? She's very much a, she's a great character because she's, you know, they say, Betty asks her, she's like, oh, where did you go on honeymoon? Oh, sorry. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sorry. Like, you obviously don't want to talk about that because it's so, must be so painful for her. And she's like, she's like, I went to Paris and I had a great time. And, you know, what of it? And, you know, they're all criticizing her because of Christmas paper and things that aren't. Okay, so I don't understand the Christmas paper thing. Why? I feel like the Christmas paper is massively significant. I'm sitting there going, I don't... Because it's not done. 
Because wow. it's like, have you ever done that in real life? No. Right, okay. So I have. Okay. So I've, I'm a very disorganized person and I have actually wrapped up a present. This is why I buy, and top tip, I buy generic wrapping paper now. Like yeah, it's just yeah. shiny and pretty wrapping paper I and like I, you can use it for both Christmas and birthdays because I have once given someone a present yeah. with Christmas paper on nowadays they'll just laugh and be like oh you're so ridiculous Helen but back then it was a sign of not being a good mum not being a good wife blah blah blah. but actually it's one of those things that when it comes down to it does it really matter and the thing is they make it matter because they see it's because they see themselves as being and this is why the cake's so important as well right the cake is important to Bessie because it's she sees it as not providing that cake as yeah. being something being said Absolutely, about her yeah. motherhood, yeah. right? And isn't it ironic that the woman who saves her is the one who's prepared with one in a freezer, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. And it's kind of like that sort of thing. That's the whole thing with that. Is it's these these are the things that domestic women from this time, you know, they they were prided themselves on being great homemakers and being shown up to be not a great homemaker is almost as bad as being divorced. I really like that idea that it's uh, the wrapping paper doesn't matter because it, it's, it's basically the same thing as the wedding, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is. It's wrapping. It's, it, the whole thing is about wrapping. It's how this party is wrapped. It's how everything is wrapped, presented, right? Yeah. It's how everything's presented. Really and it's like she's presented something in the wrong way and it's everyone's all, like, hello. And it's also funny that we never actually find out what's in that present. And that's kind of the important thing. Yeah. What's inside isn't isn't important enough to think about, uh, but it's how it's wrapped, and that's how that every single person at that party, it's all about how it's wrapped. It's all it's all about the outside and the presentation. Well, even when um, yeah, so when that guy is chatting up Helen, oh. but when Don's filming it, it you don't see any of that. You don't see the fact that he yeah. just basically just asked asked her out, cheating on his wife, and then. This woman told her to go fuck himself, basically. And, like, and then they just smile and, like, wave at yeah, the camera. Yeah, and that's yeah. what the bit that you get. And that's the wrapping. That's oh. the... And it's the whole thing of the, the kids all having a good time. But, the, but that's why Don, Don's, like... He's not even part of the wrapping yeah. in that family life. He's not a significant part of that fabric. And the kids as well, that whole thing that they're all playing, but when you listen to what they're saying, <laughs> and they're saying all those random things, I've never written down somewhere, hang on. Um, but they're basically all stuff that they've heard but it, it looks so happy when they're playing but the things that they're saying are um, I think there's specifically three things that they say uh, you dented the car I like sleeping on the couch I don't like your to- I don't like your toe and take your shoes off and it's just, it's, it's just kind of but it looks like they're having a good time yeah the best thing is the wrapping is so important and, and Helen isn't wrapped well she's no. not she, her present isn't wrapped well she's not wrapped well even the fact that she's wearing trousers and all the women yeah. are wearing dresses yeah she's not she isn't she doesn't fit into their perfectly orchestrated wrapped environment and, and also she feels like in a similar way to the the advert um, where the advert is this thing that's I, I, to me that advert's really important because it, it's basically like the inciting incident of the whole mm. series mm. where like I said it's this this idea of this unknown sort of free I know you don't think this but I, it's this idea of this whole free spirited kind of 
uh, focus on the self as opposed to trying to be this perfect family and all this kind of stuff. And she is that kind of thing where it's like there is another option there. You can do your own thing. Look, ladies, you can live your own life and not have to be tied to a man that you don't really gel with. And I think she's kind of like, yeah, it's this kind of thing that she's going to go down, basically, because people are going to realise that. And she, but she knows, and she's clever, because she's sort of, like, even the way that the guy tries to come onto her is, like, wrapped, like, I'll come round yeah. and I'll help you with the kids. Yeah. And, like, you know, that even that is so, like... He's not going in there and being like a Don Draper of like, I'm married, but let's talk kind of thing. He's not doing that. He's sort of going in and being like, I'll help you. You know, you poor vulnerable thing. It's an idealized situation. But then rather than going, fuck you, she reverts it back at him. She's like, oh, well, I'm sure we'll do this. And then this will happen. And then this will happen. And it's how, in his head, affairs start. Because even even the notion of an affair is wrapped in this, like, good gesture and kind yeah, yeah, things yeah. and, like, blah, 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 because that's how it's, you know, that is then acceptable. Like, he's helping out the vulnerable, but in his own way, then kind of cuckolding his own wife, yeah, yeah, who would yeah. then be left with her kids. And it's yeah. kind of like, the whole thing is totally ridiculous. And she knows that, you know, and she's, but she's, and she's happy and she's like, <clears throat> but even they, they, they literally, like, I mean, one of the kid, the one of the men says, like, they're gonna peck her, peck her yeah, to death totally. or something. Again, that's again, it's another, it's another reference to hen. Yeah. Um, and, and also, what's really cool about this second half is there's two names that come, up, two famous names come up, um, Einstein and um, Frank Sinatra. And two, well, one of them's definitely famous for being them. Album dog and just shagging around. Yeah. And the other one, Einstein, apparently was also a hound dog who liked to shag around, which is uh, no way. Yeah. Oh god, he's done all kinds of stuff. Oh, <laughs> Einstein. Einstein. Keep it in your pants, mate. The 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 world's smartest man. I think. To be fair, I would. <laughs> would you? You know, I would. Well, Einstein. Yeah. Would you? I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, but... I, I wouldn't. <laughs> but you know I mean really he came up with the theory of relativity yeah. I don't know I'm not I'm not Einstein but doesn't, doesn't do it for me I've, yeah <laughs> he, but you know what there's something about a smart man and that's why that's why Don Dre not only is he smart but he's also damn fine fair so. enough fair enough yeah uh, okay so uh, Helen's really into Einstein so we can. <laughs> um and what else? I don't think there's anything else really. We kind of oh, so we need. I guess we need to get to the. Uh, there's two things that I really want to point out. About All right. This uh, this second half of the the show or the episode. Um. So the first part is the kid getting slapped. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I was just that's totally normal, right? Yeah, it's, well, it's really interesting. So. I think what's really interesting about that scene is I, I was reading about I was reading reviews on it and the the guy I think it was I think it was Emily Vanderhoof like a reviewer from America uh, on the AV Club and she said that she was um, really annoyed that that scene's in there because it doesn't really mean anything to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it means everything, right? Because, so, okay, so basically what happens in the scene is uh, this kid smashes a vase and one of the adults at the party comes over 
grabs the kid and slaps him in the face and says, uh, well, I can't remember what he says, something along the lines of, like, uh, be careful and watch what you're doing. And then the kid's dad comes along and you're like, oh, shit, shit's going to go down. This guy's going to knock this, this, this man out for smacking his kid. And then he, get, he gets down on his, on his knees and he looks at the kid and says, watch where you're going. Apologize to that man. And it's like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? It's like, the kid's been, like, told off twice, basically. And what's really interesting about that for me is, you look at Don, he got told off for snogging um, Rachel. Mm. And he's also getting told off. He's also about to get told off in by his wife for just going off. It's, I, and I feel like, and also before this scene as well, we get the women sort of all gossiping and all standing around and sort of like just flagging off people and shaming everyone. And I feel like that's the whole point is like Don is being shamed. Like the whole point of Don is like this whole thing. Of, he's looking for a place where he's protected mm. and he's not protected at home from, with his wife. His wife doesn't care. She's just kind of telling him what to do. And he's not. And, and so when he goes out and someone else has a go at him, it's like he has nowhere to run to. Think about it. If, you, if you're from a normal family, if you're a normal kid, um, you have a mother who looks after you and she kind of like looks after all your issues. If, you, if you're sad, she'll kind of look after you. Don has a, doesn't have a mother. He has a wife and she's looking after him, but she's not looking after She doesn't care about him in that way. She's mm. not going to mother him. She's kind of, she wants him to look after the kid. And he... That's what. That's basically what Don wants. He wants that protection. He wants someone to look after his kind of emotional needs. Mm. And so that's what. So when you see that happen, and that's that kid gets slapped, and like no one's looking after him, then you see it cuts Don driving off by himself. Mm. Um, you know, trying to find some sort of trying to understand how he's going to find someone to look after his emotional needs. Does that make sense? Mm, I mean, it makes sense. Okay. But I don't think... You just don't care about Don. No, no uh-huh. it's not that I don't care about... So, so Don, by this point, is fucking wasted. Yeah, right? yeah, true, true. He true. is wasted. He is, he is. He's so out of his brain. Right. And I think it's it's more that he isn't needed. Right, okay. His job is to film the party and yeah. get the cake. Like, okay. he doesn't... F- he isn't fulfilled. Right. Like, Don loves to feel needed. Right, that's the thing. That's when, when, when Betty needs to go to psychiatry, he has to be in control of that situation. That's why at work, he has to be in control of that situation. Oh, yeah. Don needs that, that. The reason that rejection for him is so hard because he likes the idea of being needed. That's why he dropped his M-bomb when mm-hmm. he did because mm-hmm. he was like, he wanted her to respond by going like... His M-bomb. His married bomb. Oh, okay. Um, he wanted to re- her to respond by, I don't care. I don't care that you're married. Okay, like, okay. I need you. I want you. That's okay. what he wanted, and that's not what he got. And okay. now he's at home. His wife is telling him what to do. She's not going, I need you. I need you to help me. Because yeah. she doesn't need him. True. True. She's prepared. She's got her army of hens. True. True. She is. And it's like, this is the thing, is these kids, if he wasn't standing there filming it, these kids would still be running around having a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, everything would still be going on as it was, yeah. even if he wasn't there. Okay. And that's, I think, what he can't stand. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. And that's why he gets so drunk that he just removes himself from the situation because he's like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. But that's, I'm saying the reason 
he feels that way in the first place is because he's not getting what he wants from that marriage. He's not like again, <laughs> I, I, I'm totally seeing this from Don's point of view. Like um, he he's not what he wants from a marriage is what he's, and it's kind of hard to talk about because I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to get into spoilers, but let's just say Don doesn't have access to someone who someone specific who would look after his emotional needs because essentially what more what human beings every human being most normal human beings in life have a like a they have a, a loving family relationship on some level even if it's kind of even if, even if you go home and you argue with your parents the fact that you can argue with your parents is a good thing because it means that someone cares enough about you that you can tell them to go fuck themselves and they'll still talk to you the next day. Mm. And Don might not have that. Um, without trying to spoil it. So the reason this is significant is... Uh, do you do you agree? Or you kind of don't really care? <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. But I think the way I see Don and the way you see Don are very totally. different. Because <laughs> I don't see it as him not getting his emotional needs met. Right. I see it as him not getting his ego met. Right. And that yeah. he's not the most important person in that situation. Okay. Where he's whereas at work he, is he can make himself into that figure. Whereas in at the home, Betty is the most important person. Betty right. is the mother. She is the party happens around Betty. Yeah. She's going around at the beginning telling everyone what they can eat yeah, and yeah. like what she's done. And I, it's like what is he he doesn't contribute anything. I totally agree. No, I agree with that. I, I I get you on that. I'm just saying that from his point of view he's kind of it's not just that he's not the most not just that he's not the most important person, it's that he just doesn't get um doesn't he's not getting what he wants. He's he's that he's there. And you you know he's 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 bought into this whole idea this whole dream of like having a family and just doesn't affect just doesn't care. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he drives. So the reason that that's to me is uh, significant is he drives off, um, and the next time we see him, he's at that train line, like and he's looking at the train. People I've sort of from what I've sort of podcasts I've listened to and like reviews I've read, people are kind of confused with what he's waiting for there. Um, there's like one of two things he's either going to run and drive into the train to the train line and like you know commit suicide or he's like trying to run away and think about like you know getting out of that situation but to me um, he's thinking about the person he met at the beginning of the episode mm. the person who said you know the person who knew, knows who he actually is yeah that's a really good point cares about him mm. who could care about him and um and what's really really interesting about so like so there's two things that are really interesting and you actually kind of um highlighted me to this earlier when you were talking about the cake Mm. and how at the end of that party they they get the random cake and it's just a shitty barely cake and they just dump it down but what's in what's important about that scene is everybody is singing happy birthday to sally and like everybody's like, you know, it's all about loving Sally and giving her all this attention and this care. And, um, and obviously Don, maybe, I don't know, I'm trying not to spoil it, but maybe Don's never had that. Um, and he comes back and instead of, and he's brought the dog. And what, um, what's her name? Uh, Rachel said about dogs is they're much easier to look after than the other bitches 
i.e. her family. Mm. Has gone basically thought about it. He's gone. I could get in touch with my old family, or I could just get a dog. And he's got a dog. So he's kind of in this place where he's still emotionally and like you need a bit of like. To be fair, you do need a bit of knowledge and where the show is going to go to to work that out. But essentially, that's what's happened. Is he is he's made this choice where he's like, you know, I'm on my own and never going to get any better. So I might as well get a dog. To, to protect that's so weird he, he, I, see how I see it is he got the dog yeah. because he's realised he's never because what she says about the dog earlier on Rachel says about the dog I say again um, a dog is all you need they protect you and they listen but yeah. he didn't buy it for him he, he bought it for his dog. family yeah, yeah. No, and it. it's like so he's almost like giving his responsibility to the dog because he isn't going to be the person that's going to protect them and listen to them yeah. because he can't be that person. Yeah, well, it, it works. I guess it works on both. <laughs> and, it works in and both ways. It is a fucking cute dog. It's a who, cute dog. Who yeah. doesn't love a golden retriever? But it does, it does. It works in both ways. It works like he doesn't mm. have to look after his dog, but at the same time, on a deeper level, he kind of, it means he doesn't have to get in touch with his old family. And obviously nobody really knows that because nobody knows that he's not really Don Draper yet. Because that's the weird thing about Don Draper is he's not Don Draper, right? He's actually Dick Whitman. And if he's Dick Whitman and nobody knows, his wife doesn't know this, nobody in this whole thing knows this. Um, if you've never watched the show before, you probably don't know this, so, you know, spoilers, sorry. Uh, but, excuse me. <laughs> what? I, haven't, I don't know what's going to happen. Don't you, spoil it. You know he's Dick Whitman, though. I know he's Dick Whitman, but I don't know who Dick Whitman is either. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not spoiling the fact that I'm not spoiling who Dick Whitman is. I'm just saying Don might be someone called Dick Whitman. And if that's the case, then nobody knows Don, and nobody, can look, nobody is looking out. That's a massive thing. But does Don even know Don? Well, does Don even know Dick? I guess. Does well, Dick even know Don? We'll have to find out. Oh my God! So many next questions. Next week. Next week. On the uh, Old Fashioned Podcast. I can't wait. The Old Fashioned Breakdown. I keep getting it. <laughs> um, Do it great. I think, I think that's it. I think, I think we've said all we need to say, right? Let's leave it there. And there's probably more we could say. There's probably loads of stuff we missed. If we have missed anything, um, email us when we give you the, uh, the address. The it will be on the page when this goes up. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it just leaves me to say, Sopranos is better. Okay. <laughs> one day, that's gonna. One day, I'm gonna finish it without saying that. You're like, are you not gonna say you're gonna finish? Anyway, Sopranos is better. Goodbye.